Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us since before the world began. And thank you for creating the heavens and the earth for us. God, thank you for giving us your holy word. Through your holy word, we can learn more about you and apply that knowledge to our life. Lord, please be with us now and open our hearts as we go to you. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. Hi, I'm Bill Neenhouse. I'm president of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry based in Bellingham, Washington. Our ministry is dedicated to delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ to children across the globe. Welcome today to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I pray that our time together today will be a blessing to you. Today we'll talk about faith and what we as Christians should really believe in. We put our faith into a lot of things. I have faith that when I flip the light switch, the electricity in my house will illuminate a bulb in the ceiling that shines light which will keep me from bumping my leg into the furniture. We put faith into our bank account in the hopes that our bank will hold our money and keep it safe. There is competition for where we place our faith. The world is fighting for our attention all the time. This pull is so ubiquitous that we are probably not really aware of its strength over us. The faith the world asks us to have in people, places, and things, it dominates our life. It has extraordinary power over us. The world tells us we're not good enough, so we need to have faith in the new self-help book or a new herbal health remedy. We might be compelled to put our faith in a person in hopes that they can bring us all the happiness and security we think we need in this life. Some people put faith into their work and expect it to bring them additional material needs, identity, and meaning in their life. All of this is a form of idolatry. We live in a world that celebrates being yourself. It asks us to put faith in ourselves all day. You can do whatever feels good, so long as you're not hurting anybody. As Christians, we cannot escape these messages because they surround us, and we have to live in this world. But we do have a choice and a responsibility in how we respond to these messages that the world delivers. We cannot let the world tell us what to have faith in. All people put their faith in something or someone they believe in which affects their worldview. For example, if someone belongs to a cult and they worship the leader of that cult, they will listen and obey everything that leader says, whether it's biblical or not. That leader becomes their idol. Their faith has been indoctrinated by this idol, and so they will follow his commands whatever the cost. Some churches follow a very legalistic view of God, and they try to follow a certain set of rules and adhere to them at all costs. This becomes their idol. This is nothing new. We are not the first people to put faith in idols, and we are not the first to have a false faith. Let's go to the Old Testament for an example of false faith. Isaiah 44 verse 9 says, All who make idols are nothing, and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind, 
they are ignorant to their own shame. It's very apparent that those who make idols and worship idols have no benefit whatsoever. Those that make idols their faith practice a false faith. Their faith is put in something other than the God of the Bible. Their faith is not in God alone. Now let's look at the New Testament for an example of false faith. John 2, 23-25 says, Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in a man. What a sad situation. Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and he was accomplishing miracles. These miracles were supposed to evoke faith in the people. The people trusted him. They believed he could heal, but sadly, they didn't believe Jesus was the Savior who could save them from their sins. Their faith was in something else, or in some cases, there was no faith in them at all. There was much opposition to Jesus as he encountered people everywhere on his travels, and even his disciples were confused about what to put their faith in. There were some people who just couldn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, because he wasn't royalty, he didn't wear a crown, he didn't live lavishly. He wasn't like what they thought the promised Messiah should look like. They just weren't willing or ready to put their faith in him. What is an example of true faith? Jesus showed he had faith in God's word. He described and lived out what true faith is. When Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the desert, did Jesus fight him? Did he defend himself by stating his qualifications? No, he went directly to the word of God. He had a perfect faith and knew the Bible was the direct word from his father. He knew he could depend on it as a weapon to resist Satan. That is how he fought Satan, by using God's word. Because God's word is more compelling and powerful than any other words we will ever hear in our life. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Jesus knew God's word. And he put his faith in God's word, which is the right thing to do. And this is an example of the kind of faith we should have. Sometimes we may be ridiculed because of our faith in God and his promises. Jesus was. In Matthew 27, 43, it says, He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even as Jesus hung on the cross, he had to endure these taunts from people. They remembered what Jesus had said about destroying the temple and then raising it up in three days, and they thought he was a false teacher. How could he save himself, they thought. But he stayed firm and did not reject God because he knew what had to be done. This is Jesus obeying his Father and putting faith in him to accomplish his work on the cross. True faith cannot accommodate doubt. There can be no doubt in true faith. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The entire universe and everything in it was created by God, and the way he created it was by speaking. He spoke, and it was created. Genesis 1 verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. 
what a mighty and powerful God we serve, that He could speak our earth into existence. We can see this earth, this world, and this universe. But it's our faith that helps us to accept the fact that God actually spoke this world into existence. How do we live out that faith, and how do we even get that faith? Where does it come from? Let's look at Romans 10, verses 14 through 17. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news! But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Paul is asking four rhetorical questions as he walks down the path that is necessary for someone to be saved. Number one, people will not call on Jesus to save them unless they believe he can actually do that. Number two, in order to believe in Christ, you have to know about Christ. Number three, a person hears about Christ when someone proclaims the gospel message. And number four, the gospel message can't be proclaimed unless God sends someone to do that. Let me read Romans 10 verse 17 again. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The word of God is made effectual by the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who equipped prophets to proclaim the word of God, and Moses and David were also equipped to proclaim the word of God through the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, Paul says God's word is the sword of the Spirit. Faith is personal. Each one of us has to believe for ourselves. You have to believe for yourself, and I have to believe for myself. People cannot come to faith by believing for others. Our heart is at the center of all of it. All of our speech, our thoughts, wants, actions, they all come from the heart. When the Holy Spirit moves us to faith, our heart changes. It becomes different than it was before. Our speech, our thoughts, wants, and actions all change. And we want to live for Christ. We develop a believing faith. The more we lean on the Word of God, and the more trust we put in His promises, the more our faith grows. Do you have a real faith in God? Do you want it? Do you believe in the authority of His Word? If you're ready to have a real faith, ask God to give it to you. Ask Him to draw you through the Holy Spirit to a faith that is real, a faith that is everlasting, a faith that cannot be shaken by the false promises of this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, so many times we struggle to maintain our true faith, but you mercifully continue to love us and guide us toward even a deeper faith. God, we thank you for providing a means to obtain true faith through your Holy Word, your precious Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, since this is Delivering the Gospel Transforming Lives from Child Care Worldwide, I'd like to spend some time talking about Child Care Worldwide. We have lots of sponsored kids through our ministry, and many of these children have grown up in a home that does not believe in Jesus. Many of their families practice a different religion. They worship other gods. Some even perform witchcraft. 
When you sponsor a kid, you're giving them a way out of worshiping a false god and having a false faith. They will be given an opportunity to have a true faith and worship the one and only true God of the Bible. When you sponsor a child for $40 a month, they will attend a life center near their home. This life center is held at a church, and it's operated and run by Christian men and women. Every Saturday, the children attend life center for three to four hours. They're fed a meal and given something to drink. They listen to leaders teach Bible study that is written by a staff member in our Bellingham, Washington office. The lessons taught are lively and engaging, and the children also work on memorizing scripture, and they get to play Bible games. When a sponsored child comes to know Jesus as their Savior, they will naturally come home and tell their parents, siblings, and extended family. I've heard stories of children being instrumental in introducing their parents to the love of Christ. How amazing is that? Our goal is to deliver the life-saving gospel message of Christ to these precious kids. We are devoted to helping children accept the love of Jesus as their cornerstone. With your help, they do not have to grow up believing and worshiping false gods or having a false faith. They can have the opportunity to have the firm foundation of Jesus Christ for the rest of their lives. If you want to find out more about how you can sponsor a child, go to childcareworldwide.org. What is Child Care Worldwide? Well, it's a Christian ministry dedicated to sharing the gospel with children in need. Child Care Worldwide goes beyond just basic needs and education by introducing children to the transformative love of Jesus. We work closely with local churches to disciple each child well, helping them grow in their faith and helping them find hope, not only for today, but for eternity too. Learn how you can help at childcareworldwide.org. I love spending time talking about the transformation that happens when sinful people encounter the love of Jesus. Stories like these help us recall our own transformation and gives us faith to believe that our God continues to save and transform lives every day. Here's another story of transformation found in Christ. Anne grew up in a loving home with her mom and dad. She loved her extended family of aunts, uncles, and cousins, and of course her grandmother and grandfather. Everyone gathered for breakfast on Saturday. Midweek meals and holidays were always a fun time. And Anne truly had a happy childhood. But there was something that was missing. Anne didn't have contentment. There was an empty part of her life and she didn't know how to fill it. She didn't know who Jesus was. You see, there was not a single person in her entire family who believed in Jesus. Not one. This doesn't mean that Anne never went to church. In fact, she did. But she didn't hear the call of God there. She went to church for other reasons. Anne liked going because she would always wear a pretty dress. She listened to the sermon, didn't understand any of it, but somehow it made her feel like she was a better person. It went this way throughout Anne's childhood and through her early teen years. And she learned to like the feeling of being a good person because of her church attendance. She put her faith in that confidence. How can I be bad? I go to church, she thought. Anne didn't have a true faith in God or Jesus. As Anne hit her late teen years and she was going to college, she didn't have time to go to church anymore. Working through college, trying to earn two different degrees was not easy. She needed to take stress out of her life. She made excuses and decided she didn't have time to attend church. She thought about God, but she didn't believe in His power. 
She simply thought he was kind and did good things for people. She decided she needed more than that. So she made a choice. She decided to turn to something else that would give her more confidence, more contentment, and control. She turned to witchcraft. She had examples to follow. Anne's family practiced witchcraft, and she grew up watching them and then eventually learned how to practice it herself. She did not see any problem practicing witchcraft while simultaneously thinking about a god who might decide to do good things for her. The witchcraft she practiced wasn't a big deal, she thought. It was only the occasional powder in her shoe for good luck, or an amulet in her purse to bring her money, or even a ceremony inside the house warding off evil spirits. She thought it was okay because she wasn't hurting anyone. She was only trying to protect her life and feel safe and comfortable. Anne was putting her faith in her powers and rituals, and there was no room for God. Years passed, and Anne continued her practice of thinking good thoughts about God while practicing witchcraft. It all changed one day when Anne came face to face with someone who told her about the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the time, Anne was going through a divorce. She was lonely, unhappy, and completely unsatisfied with her life. The witchcraft she had practiced for years wasn't working anymore. Nothing was giving her that warm, safe, content feeling. At 25 years old, she hit rock bottom. She couldn't remember which lies she was telling to which person. Nothing was working out in her life. She had lost whatever control she thought she had, and it was then that she met a kind, older gentleman, a co-worker. Anne watched him every day and noticed the smile on his face and the way he responded when something didn't go his way. He was always cheerful and kind to everyone, regardless of the circumstances. One day, she got the courage to talk to him about his wonderful attitude. She said, Earl, why are you always happy? Why are you always smiling, no matter what happens here at work? Earl gently placed his hands on her shoulder and said, It's Jesus. I have Jesus in my heart. Anne couldn't believe her ears. Jesus? Was he serious? That's why Earl was happy all the time? Anne thought she knew who Jesus was. After all, she used to go to church. She remembered that Jesus was good and did good things for people. She wondered why she wasn't happy and content like Earl was. That was the start of many conversations between Earl and Anne. Earl shared the gospel message with Anne, and even though she had been to church, had never heard it presented so clearly before. Anne's eyes were opened, and gradually she began to see who Jesus really was and what he came to earth to do for her. He died to save her from her sins. Every lie, every act of witchcraft, everything she had ever done against God. For the first time, she realized the value of this free gift. She understood that God had chosen her before the world began to be born to meet a friend named Earl who would tell her about him. Today, Anne's life is so different. While there have been ups and downs, her transformation has been in continuous progress since first hearing the gospel from Earl and accepting Jesus as her Savior. She spends her life now studying God's Word, praying daily, and she makes herself available to the Lord to use her to tell others about Jesus, just like Earl did for her. The resilience and creativity we see in our sponsored kids never ceases to amaze me. And the ways they are navigating the unique challenges brought on by the pandemic are no exception. Like many kids in America, most of our kids are not at school this fall. Many of the parents are without work as well. 
In a lot of ways, they are more vulnerable than ever before. But instead of giving up, our kids are working hard to make the best of their situation. Rita just welcomed a new niece to the world. She's been visiting her sister a lot, helping to care for the baby. Rita loves bonding with her baby niece, of course, but she's also looking beyond her role as auntie. She's learning everything she can about caring for an infant. With that knowledge, she's planning to offer her services as a babysitter to other women in the neighborhood and to help boost her family's income. She might not be going to school right now, but she is still learning valuable skills for her family and her future. Paul is still pretty young, but he's already making a mark as an entrepreneur. Paul attended a vocational school where he was learning carpentry before the classes stopped because of COVID. Thankfully, Paul still has the tools from his class. With the skills he's learned, Paul opened up a small carpentry shop. A neighbor with some forested land allowed Paul to cut a few trees on the property, providing him with the materials he needed to get started. Now he's practicing everything his teachers showed him and selling his handiwork. He's getting more skilled every day and hopes to start on some larger pieces of furniture next. Peace wasn't sure what to do with herself when the school first closed, but when she saw a special education program on TV, she knew exactly what to do. She started making charcoal briquettes for her family. Peace uses these materials that are already available to her. Dried banana peelings, a certain kind of soil, and the charcoal dust left in the bottom of a sack of regular charcoal. Mixing it all together and rolling it into small balls and leaving it to dry creates fuel for their cooking fires. Briquettes help Peace and her family stretch their expensive stores of charcoal much further. All it took was a little creativity and dedication. Rita, Paul, and Peace are just a few of our Child Care Worldwide sponsored kids, but their creativity and hard work is representative of them all. I thank every one of our sponsors for everything they do to help these amazing kids thrive. Child Care Worldwide transforms children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing for their physical needs, and sponsoring their education. What makes Child Care Worldwide so unique? Our sponsored children are members of a life center located at a local church. Our kids meet weekly for gospel-driven Bible lessons, scripture memorization, singing, and fellowship. Our special Bible curriculum focuses on the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching kids about God and His eternal plan for them. We're committed to exposing kids to the gospel of Jesus. I can't think of anything more important than that. We hire exclusively Christian individuals in every single project in which we operate. Our country directors and program staff are national professionals, allowing our programs to be more effective within their culture. And our programs are run through a local church. We accept no government funding of any kind, and that allows us total freedom to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Child Care Worldwide connects sponsors with children through our Christ-based life centers. With sponsors and life centers removing barriers, children grow spiritually and physically into thriving, productive adults. That's the unique kind of one-to-one -one relationship we create between a sponsor and a child. Not only can you give the gift of transformation, but you get to know the child. The child sends letters, and you can read letters and send them back and forth to one another. You can watch the child grow and transform in the truth and love of the gospel of Jesus. What an amazing impact that is. And I've seen how important that sponsor relationship is. The child is constantly asking about their sponsor. The impact of the sponsor and child relationship is significant. 
Children have changed. They love their sponsors. And sponsors are immensely impacted by the love their child shows for them. We value that relationship. If you'd like to find out how you can be a sponsor, go to childcareworldwide.org. There we'll describe our unique child sponsorship program, which is based in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Childcareworldwide.org is a place where you can find out about our sponsorship programs and other programs like water, medicine, food, shelter, education, and clothing. They're all obstacles to kids hearing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we work to remove those obstacles, the barriers are broken and children transform. Isn't that wonderful? Go to childcareworldwide.org and become a sponsor today. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.